You're listening to a message from Canby Foursquare Church in Canby, Oregon. We pray that this message will be an encouragement to you. Visit canbyfoursquare.com to learn more. His provision for you, for your family, there is confidence. And so today, I just want to declare that over you, that God would give you confidence. Whatever it is that you need, he will style it for you. He will make it personal to you, that you will have confidence in Jesus' name. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas. I know our house was very, very full. We had a lot of presents and a lot of kids to go around, too, and it was fun. It was a wonderful place. Annette's already thinking about how she can make more space in our living room for next Christmas, so she's already on that. She's a year ahead. For those that know Annette, none of you are surprised because that's exactly what she's thinking about. You know, I was watching my kids, my grandkids open their Christmas presents, and, uh, and I thought, what a gift that is to, to me, just to be able to see that, to watch the joy in their hearts, their faces. But I remembered something. I, I went back uh, several years. I went back to when I was a boy, and I remember having that same kind of gathering with, with my grandparents and being in the same room with my, my grandma swore. And, and I, I can say this. I, I never remember. I don't, I, I don't remember her ever opening a present. Uh, maybe she did, and I wasn't paying attention. I was young. But I never remember her just opening a present. And I remember one particular Christmas, I went to her and I said, Grandma, uh, why don't you open presents? And she says, because this is my present. That this is my gift. My gift, my gift is you. My gift is my grandkids and my kids all coming together. And as a, you know, a six or seven-year-old, I thought, how sad. You know, <laughs> you know, how, how sad. I mean, I, I, don't, I didn't care about all that. I wanted presents. I, that's what I, what I really wanted. But I get it now. I really do. I, I get it now. And, and even now, both Annette and I are surprised when our kids give us presents because we're just surprised. We, we think, wow, we've already had our Christmas. We got to see everything go on, and our kids are happy. And, and so Annette did surprise me. She surprised me with something that I've wanted for years. She, she got me a telescope. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, wa- I wanted a telescope. It's pretty cool. Paid my grandson 20 bucks to put it together because uh, I can't put them together. I know how to look through them, but I do not know how to put them together. And he did a, a great job. But you know the problem with having a telescope in the Northwest is, is you have to be vigilant and watch for cloud breaks. Do you know that? I mean, you really have to be vigilant. And so I had this telescope. It was all put together. <laughs> Annette, Annette can witness to this. I had it setting by the back door. And I was going out just like a little kid, you know, looking for good things and happy and excited. And I opened the door about every 10 minutes and go outside and, and just look to see if there was a break, you know, in the clouds. And, uh, and I did this for a few hours. And one of those trips I made in the backyard, I, I, I saw it was, it was happening. The clouds were parting and I could, I could see light. And I looked up and I saw half of the moon. I was so excited. I ran back in the house. I scooped up my telescope. I went in the backyard. I looked up and I saw Jupiter too. And I was excited. And I got that telescope aimed in the right direction. Clouds started coming in. Jupiter went away. But that half moon just stood there right in front of me. I ran back in the house and I, it's cold outside. I said, Annette, you got to see the moon. It's only half a moon, but you got to see it. And so she came out and looked at the details that you can see up close, the light, it, 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 was, it was brilliant. I watched the moon for two minutes and 23 seconds because that's about how much time I had before the clouds came over again. And so, uh, but it was worth it, it was worth it to me. And, and I, was, I, was pretty ex- I was pretty excited. 
Because when, when it's dark and cloudy, um, any kind of light is something you're looking for. I mean, you know, you're looking for light on a planet or a moon. You're looking for lights and stars. I mean, when you have a telescope, you're just scoping the sky. That's what you're doing. You just want to see light up close. I mean, that's what a telescope is really all about. People in darkness are excited to see light. In John chapter 12, verse 46, Jesus said, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should ever, ever stay in darkness. Here's what we know. We don't need a telescope to see this light because this light came to us. You see, this light came up close and personal and engaged with us. Jesus said himself, I am the light of the world. There are a few things that are obvious about light, and you probably know these things, but I thought I'd just point out the obvious today because we're going to be lighting candles in just a little bit, and we can do this with some sense of understanding and knowledge as far as what does the Bible say? What does Jesus say about light? What do we know about light? Well, the first thing is so true is that light attracts attention. Uh, it doesn't take a scholar to realize that. Light attracts attention. If you're in a room and a flash goes off, everyone turns, they, notices, they notice the flash. If you're on a ship and you need to find your way to safe harbor, uh, then, 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 then a lighthouse will guide you. It will bring you. It'll be there. If there's a, a dark stage and the spotlight goes on, everyone turns. They look. They notice the light. That's what happened with Jesus. There was a light in the, in the sky. There was a light in a dark place. We're not only speaking, I think, in the natural sense, but we're speaking in a spiritual sense. There was darkness that covered the face of the earth. And, and it's not so different today, the darkness that we experience, the darkness that we deal with in our own world. What we know is that it was a light that came that brought in and attracted shepherds. It attracted wise men. It brought the angels. And yes, it even brought the bad guys. You see, that's what light does. Light has this ability to draw attention to itself. And when we think about applying that in our own lives, Jesus does say to us, he, he, he gives us very specific instruction, and he says, let your light shine among men, among women. Let your light shine in the world that you live in. And he says in this way, let your good deeds be seen, not, not, not bragged over, not talked about, but the good deeds that you would do would be seen and give God the glory. That's what we're about. So how does my light really attract? Well, the Bible says that if I lift up Jesus Christ, it draws all men and women to him. And so if the, the Holy Spirit is alive in you, if Jesus is alive in you today, you can't help but attract that, that people are going to want to know. They're going to sit up and take notice. And the way they may do that, the way that you might exercise that is by serving them and loving them and caring for people. Being there when people might need us the most. Being there to pray. Being there for your family to intercede. Being there and letting your light shine. Because what light does is it definitely tells us about presence, doesn't it? I mean, light always has behind it presence. That's what I think when I think of light. I think it's attracting me to a presence. It's, it's attracting me in this, in this case, it's attracting me to the light of Jesus Christ. And that's the same light that is alive in me, that's alive in you. And that when you live in the world, as you go into this, this new year, just remember, 
uh, that that light of Jesus Christ is alive and that people will come around that light. Uh, they may not know how to articulate or define what they feel and what they see, but they'll know it's something different. Be open, be willing and ready to let that light shine because it will bring people to you. The light of Jesus does that. That's an obvious thing, isn't it? And one of the other obvious things I think about light is that light guides us to our destination. <clears throat> I think about landing a plane at night. I mean, you have to have a special uh, a special certificate if you're going to be a pilot. It's called an IFR. It's instrumental flight. And you have to be able to light. But, but what would you do at night? You go by the instruments that are lit up and you go by the light that is the beacon on the airstrip. That's what gets you there. That's what helps you land safely. I mentioned this earlier. The same with a ship looking for safe harbor is looking for a light. Why? Because it helps us get to our destination. Jesus came as a light to guide you. He came as a light to guide all of us, to keep us from not stumbling in the darkness. That's what the prophet Isaiah said. He said, this light has come for so many reasons, but one of those reasons is that you wouldn't stumble around in the darkness. Anyone that's ever done that knows what it feels like when you're trying to get from point A to point B and it's dark and how many times you stub your toe, how many times do you trip over or stumble? It's because you can't see. It's, it's, it's too dark. The Bible says that Jesus has come into a very dark world and he's shining a light for us so that we will not stumble. Again, during the birth of Jesus, there was a, there was a star that guided the wise men to their destination to find a baby, a baby that was born in a stable. And Jesus said when he left this earth, he promised all of us something. He said, when I leave, I'm not going to leave you alone. So don't be afraid. Don't fear. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to leave with you my Holy Spirit. And then he says this, who will guide you, who will help you through your days, your months, your years, your life that the Holy Spirit will come and guide you. And, and he said this too. He said, it's not only the Holy Spirit working in your life, but it's working in tandem with something else that shines a light, and that's Scripture. That's God's Word from the beginning to the end, Genesis to Revelation. It's inerrant. It has no flaws. You can count on it. You can depend on it. It will, it will bring you or guide you to your destination. The Scripture says, the Bible is a lamp unto my feet, a guiding light unto my path. And anyone who's gone hiking or has taken a journey, you know how important light is and how it gets you and how it guides you. Uh, I, I, I know that there have been times I've been in dark places in the wilderness or outside and, and you're wondering what, what's going on around you. It's so dark. You're not even sure where you are. And then you see the light of camp. You know, and you head that direction. What is it doing? It's guiding me to my destination. It's bringing me to a place that's safe. And wherever the light of Jesus is leading you through his Holy Spirit, through his word, you can be sure that will always be safety for you. That there's never a time that you have to feel vulnerable. There's never a time that you have to question whether he's going to provide for you but his, his light will guide you to that destination. That is the nature of light. You see, light is there to attract. Light is there to, to guide us to our destination. And there's one other thing that comes to my mind when I think about light, is that light conquers death. Just remember that. When you, when you leave today, just remember uh, that light conquers death. 
And I say this in, in so many different ways, in so many different dimensions you can speak of this. We're talking about, obviously, physical death, but we're also talking about things that we, we've experienced death, a death of a relationship, where we've experienced the death of a friendship or something, there, there's death. But when Jesus comes in, he's bringing light, and that light will conquer death. When Jesus was crucified, the Bible says the darkness covered. It, it says this, it cloaked, it shrouded, it was thick, that you could feel it, that you can sense it. It covered the earth upon his death. And then he goes into this dark tomb where death resided. But then it says on the third day, the stone was rolled away. And his appearance, it says this, his appearance was like lightning and his clothes were like white as snow. Light conquered death. You see, the light of his resurrection consumed darkest dark death. That's the way you put it. The, the three Ds, the darkness, the dark, and the death totally dispelled because of his resurrection, because of the resurrected light of Jesus Christ. Light conquers death. Just say that out loud. Light conquers death. So light attracts attention. Light guides us to our destination, and light conquers death. And so in just a moment, we're going to physically display light with each other. And then as we do that, you can look around, and maybe you might keep these three things in mind. You might even have other things you could add to that list and say, wow, look at what light has happened, what, what has happened to me in this place of light where, uh, where candles are being lit. You might have another sense of understanding, another sense of, of, uh, of feeling. I know for me, one of those things that I have every, every time we do this together in community where we light candles, I can't help when we all do it together but have just this great sense of hope. Hope is a commodity that is rare to come by in the natural way in the world that we're part of. Uh, hope is very difficult. It's fleeting. It's temporary. But the hope that we have in Jesus Christ is eternal. And so when we light these candles together, we are going to be reminded, I know I, know I will be, is that there's always hope in Jesus. There's always hope for all of us, wherever you are right now, whatever it is you're facing, whether you're here you're at home watching this, you have hope because of the light of Jesus Christ. He says, I am the light of the world. So if you take your candles out right now, and we'll ask the guys in the back to come forward. Uh, we've done this. Uh, Rich and I, I think we've uh, been a partner at Lighting Candles for 35 years now. And so uh, he's, a, he's a pro at this. So here's how we're going to do it. That's the lit candle. You see what I'm doing? And then I'm going to take the unlit candle and put it in there. If you reverse the process, uh, warn, buyer beware, okay? We're just going to let you know we don't want you to do that. So we, we want you to be safe in this. You can just put your, your uh, candle, the lit candle. Did I get that? There we go. Just a moment, you're going to see this whole room. It's going to light up. We want you to, to be able to experience something that happens once a year. <laughs> Uh, and we apologize it's happening a little later, but we get to merge our communion and our candle lighting together because of weather events. But uh, we love to do this, and we love to do it together. And again, I'm so thankful that you're here and you're part of this, that you get to do this with all of us. You get to do this together with community. Here you go, Vinny.
Let's sing this song together. Can we do this? Let's sing that first verse again and just lift your candle up and notice the light. If you want to take your candle home and use that there, you feel free to do that. 
If not, on the way out, we'll have baskets that you can drop those candles in and, uh, and just leave them here. What I want to do right now, both Annette and I want to pray over all of you. And we want to pray over you as individuals and pray over you as a family. Uh, especially today, we have on our hearts our, our parents, our moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas. And what I want to do and encourage our grandparents and parents to do is to pray over our children. That this is a season that we want to be very focused on praying over our kids. And here's, here's what I see. And here's the image that uh, God's given me in a way that I'm praying for you and your children, your families. It's like the enemy has a design. And he does. He has a design for our lives. He has a design for your children. Sometimes we see them on that pathway. We see them following that design. And what we're going to do is we're going to pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit in our prayers we engage with that trajectory and we disarm it. We disarm the enemy through our prayers. That we blindside the enemy. He doesn't blindside us, so we blindside him. And that's what your prayers do. The prayer of righteous men and women are effectual. Uh, they, they, they do the work of God's spirit in seeing things happen in families. And I want you to think about your prodigals right now and your family members maybe that are that have been derailed in their walk with Jesus and they're headed in a different direction and we we do not accept that in Jesus' name. What we say in Jesus' name is we are going to pray that there is a disruption of righteousness that takes place in their life, that there's something righteous that interferes with what is unrighteous going on in their, their life and their family. Can you agree with me on that? What we do is we pray that way and we say, Lord, disrupt that, interfere with that act or that trajectory, that those steps of unrighteousness in our children and in our children's children in Jesus' name, and that you would be lifted up, that Jesus would be exalted and that he would be lifted up today. And so that's the way that we're going to pray. And would you join us in that prayer right now? That's the way that I want us to pray. Father, right now, in the powerful name of Jesus, we come against any plans that the enemy has for our children and our children's children. We pray against those designs, Lord Jesus. We pray that the righteous prayers that are even being prayed now spiritually interrupt the trajectory of unrighteousness in their life, and it brings righteousness. It brings a, a holy, uh, sacred activity that goes on that cannot be denied or ignored by our children or our children's children, that they would have to sit up and take notice and say that God has come in, that God has invaded, that God has intervened in, in my life. And Lord, we pray that these will be the testimonies that we hear this year. There will be testimonies from our children, even the smallest. They would be testimonies of how you have come in and you have provided and you have made a way. And so, Lord, we have confidence in you. We stand on your name today, we stand in the power and the powerful name of Jesus. We just thank you for what you're doing, what you're going to continue to do in the holy name of Jesus. We pray and we say amen. Thank you for listening. Please let us know if you have questions or would like us to pray with you. You can contact the church office most weekdays at 503-266-4444 and anytime through canbefoursquare.com.